When you've got nothing and you want everything, you've got to get to be the Mac. I mean, being rich and black means something, man. Don't you know that? The Mac. His business is pleasure. He sells the soft stuff. They're going to have to rewrite the Mac and Game book, baby. You know, because I'm going to be the new king. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the big moment we've all been waiting for. The Mac of the Year. Goldie! Goldie! Max Julian is Goldie, and Goldie is the Mac. The Mac, with Richard Pryor, and music by Willie Hutch. The Mac, from Cinerama releasing, rated R. Under 17, not admitted without penalty. Now that you've seen all the rest, make way for the Mac. The biggest and the best. Again, it's a late, late Saturday night. It's a late Saturday night or early Sunday morning, whichever way you want to look at it. Sun's coming out. It's blue out. <laughs> it's a little blue. We're a little disoriented. It's been a movie marathon. Yeah, we we we, uh, we, went, we went crazy this this week. So the, again, uh, you know, our reoccurring theme is this is a pretty important episode. <laughs> a very, very special. This is a very special episode, and, and uh, I feel like it is. I mean, we, we did a couple weeks ago, Maniac. Um, Maniac. Yeah, Joe Spinell uh, in Maniac. And that was a very special episode for us. And in the sense, because it was, we, we saw it in our formative years. And this we saw like around the same time. Exactly. So, so they're kind of linked in yeah, my memory. Same with me. They're kind of, they're, they're kind of like. Um, it's a two pack. Yeah, they're buttresses. They, they, they kind of hold up um, stuff for us. It's a um, Dion and Blake uh, two pack. If yeah. you're at, the, if if you you're at a Walmart. <laughs> And going through the five dollar bin, and you see those complete random movies that are just a nineteen ninety seven two pack, eight or ninety eight yeah. two pack. Jay Blake, and all we're, all we're giving you is uh, is uh, for bonus features is an interactive menu, <laughs> and maybe the trailer, cast bio, yeah, cast bio. You can't that you can't even click on that, and then it's maybe stereo. You're getting the stereo production mix. still still gallery. Yeah. So welcome to another night of Saturday night movie sleepovers, another morning or another episode or another edition. Another edition, another installment. Another, another yeah. Uh, um, evidently you're, uh, you're, you're getting our, our newspaper that we're putting <laughs> every morning. We have the paper. Sunday morning over. paper. Yeah. That's us right here. Whatever you want to <laughs> use as, uh, we're, we're delirious as you can see. I'm here with Jay Blake. As you said, I'm Dion Baia. Um, this week we're doing um, 1979's Zombie. Uh, zombie, uh, aka Zombie Two, aka uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters, Zombie Flesh Eaters, correct? Many AKAs. Uh, Luigi Fulci, Lucio Fulci, Fulci nice, lives. Nice Italian man. Fulci lives. Yes, you may see that around sometimes. Um, it's very interesting. You see them in the most random places. People have thought of the idea of making bumper stickers. Yeah, so, I saw one in Mount Kisco, New York, bumper sticker. Yeah, random, Fulci you know. Fulci lives. Fulci lives, and if you ever see that, that's what it is. And we, we uh, uh, quite a while ago on the uh, 
Facebook site for Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. We did, we didn't, we put something up that says Fulci, Fulci lives because it was like his anniversary of his death or his no See, his, his death, birthday. We just had a birthday. His birthday, his death. He died on my birthday, March thirteenth, um, in like nineteen ninety six or seven, maybe. Yeah, um, or ninety five. Uh, recently, I don't think we posted anything for it, but um, the uh, Richard Johnson passed away within yes. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he was the, um, a, a couple of weeks of this recording, he's the great actor who's in Zombie as Dr. Menard, maybe? Dr. Menard, yeah. And he, uh, a lot of other uh, people will know him, he's in a lot of like 60s, 50s, 70s episodic television, but he's also in Robert Wise's The Haunting, another great movie that we yeah. probably at some point would stumble across and do this. And Robert Wise has a lot of great movies. And, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people just know him for Star Trek or um, uh, what's the... West Side uh, Story, yeah, uh, Sound Jet, of Music. Sound of Music, uh, Sam Pebbles. He's got he a, edited Citizen Kane. <laughs> and I mean, you know, and uh, I mean, that's a complete tangent. We'll, we'll save our, sto our Robert Wise story for when we do um, a Robert Wise movie because why spoil it now? Because <laughs> we're doing Fulci. Because <laughs> we have such a great Robert Wise story <laughs> it's, 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 in the bank. It's vicarious. Well, you know, it's a vicarious Robert Wise story. But it's it's funny. But so uh, this guy was in that. He's an actor. Yeah, he's in, in, in. Yeah, he's the guy in, in the haunting who uh, kind of brings everyone he's together. The doctor. Yeah, he's the, do he's the doctor. He's the doctor. He's a doctor. He's a good doctor, but he uh, plays a very uh, important part in this movie. Yeah, in Zombie, he's a, yeah because he, he's a doctor again. And you know, so, but he doesn't uh, cause anything in this movie. He's trying to fix it. No, he's, um, he's struggling to find a cure yeah um so this has a this is, this movie has a big backstory i want you to being you being the zombie more the zombie expert of the two of us okay just give us a very quick perspective of zombies Oh, uh, and you mean up evolution? to Night of the Living Dead, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the seventies. Well, yeah, very quick. Set it down. Set the table. <laughs> I mean, Blake says that to me, and then it's like a freaking book. <laughs> six hours to, later, Blake said, "Come on, come on." I'll try to. I'll try to make it. Uh, uh, yes, keep me the the. Uh, well, I'll start. Uh, well, so we, the the first what would be considered like, the the cornerstone of of modern zombie movies is Night, like, of, is Night of the Living Dead. Yes, yeah. If you want to say that it invented a genre, it's probably Robert uh, Robert George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. But I would say probably White Which Zombie sixty eight, maybe 68, 68, 69, 68, I think. Uh, I would say uh, White Zombie of uh, Bela Lugosi's White Zombie would probably started it. Uh, that has the voodoo aspects of it. Great movie, short. It's right around the time he did uh, the Dracula. I think they actually used some of his close-ups from Dracula, of his eyes in White Zombie. Then you have uh, uh, Luton, the, the, a great guy, did a bunch of... He's a hell of a guy. Yeah. Uh, I think Hal Luton is his name. He did, he did a bunch of stuff in the 40s. He did, like, I Walk with a Zombie. Great, another great zombie movie. But at that time, a lot of zombie films were all... Uh, which I still I don't understand to this day, which I don't want to, like... Because that's, like, a secret for us if we ever do a zombie movie. Is that they... It's always voodoo-related, which... Usually yeah, zombie yeah. movies are always voodoo. It's out of the religion because when the uh, African yeah, the Americans mostly that was here. kind of the thing is that like up until Romero and we could argue Carnival of Souls. Yeah, that's that's the next is like big, sixty. Yeah, that's the next big one on the list, uh, which is, was a big influence on um, Night of the Living Dead. But they've always said that the notion has been that before Romero, for the most part, it was 
like you said, like voodoo related. And it was like there was a master and then there was the voodoo and the zombies. Yeah, because basically um, the idea... But I bet you if we really examined, there's probably like circa 50s. Like, yeah, there's a like lot of... alien yeah, sci-fi Yeah, so there's a lot of like low budget. And, and the names escape me because I have, like, you know those midnight movie editions, the, the two packs? Yeah, yeah. They put out some great movies. And there's a couple like in, Invader movies where it's like... Uh, the alien comes down and they kind of repurpose a dead body and then that's you have a zombie movie where they're not zombies they're like aliens using the host body yeah, yeah. and you have that and then um, you said Carnival Souls I think that's a movie that doesn't get the, the nearly the respect it deserves another very low budget movie you said I think 1960 I think it's 60 it's pretty uh, it's early 60 freaky ass movie as well great tight short movie probably another movie we can cover here one day uh that's a good movie, Carnival Souls, because uh, you got not so much zombies. They're 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 maybe ghosts, demons, whatever. But there's dead people walking around, scaring the shit out of you in black yeah, and white. Yeah. Very freaky. Uh, and then I feel like we're we're missing a couple. So uh, probably after this recording, when we put it out, we're gonna be like, <laughs> oh crap, we had this, that, and the other thing. But you, like you said, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, stuff in the in the fifties that because the fifties they just did everything. Uh, and then you hit the 60s, and then you have Romero come out. Romero does Night of the Living Dead, uh, and he was, like, paying uh, homage to, he, I, he, I think he cites uh, uh, well, Carnival Souls. Yeah. He cites... Definitely, like, I Am Legend yeah. kind of influence Oh, then, there. yeah, you have, sorry, you're right. You have Richard Matheson. Uh, he writes I Am Legend in the late 50s, which is basically, it's a vampire movie, but it's zombie-vampire, kind of a hybrid there, and that came out with... Last Man on Earth, the first incarnation of it to cinema, which is a great Vincent Price movie from, like, 64 that they shot in Italy. Uh, and then I think in the 70s you have Omega Man, which is the second one, which is Charlton Heston, which is they've kind of bastardized it a little bit. And then you have the latest one, like 2007 or 8, the uh, Will Smith movie. Um, so then you have... Uh, so you got Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, hits. it hits, and that 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 does that, and that kind of changes huge. the landscape yeah. of uh, one low budget kind of independent filmmaking. Yeah, and introduces this notion of like flesh eating, Walking Dead. Yeah, because I mean th that movie was basically just played as a grindhouse double feature. I mean, you know, uh, you go to like drive-ins and stuff, and it, it just did so well. Uh, and you know, you bring in allegorical stuff like you know, at the time that kind of reflects social turmoil. Civil disobedience. A yeah, friend yeah. of mine, uh, I guess I can put out there now, did a really interesting notion to me, which I think you and I have discussed before, where it's like you look at the, the, the movies of the time reflecting the age, and certainly, you know, you have the 50s and the, the horror of the 50s, you know, like uh, with the communism and, the, and uh, sure. people worrying about the, the, the bomb being dropped. So a lot of it was aliens, who yeah, do you yeah. trust because of either I communism. I taught a whole class about it. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you, you know exactly, because Blake has, done, has taught horror classes at colleges, prestigious colleges. So, you know, everyone's looking from above. So then you hit the 60s and it's, it's like civil rights. And then 70s, you have like the... With Dawn of the Dead, consumerism, and then consumer and free love is a big thing with like Shivers, the Cronenberg movie. Yeah, and then you know, and, and then then you hit the eighties, and eighties is like you have like the the epidemic of AIDS and, and and diseases and stuff. When you have that in Day of the Dead and stuff, or or John Carpenter's The Thing, and then you have now with the resurgence of of the zombies in the past ten years, zombie films. It's almost like you know, again, it's it's like look at the people worrying about like. Uh, the society just falling apart. Yeah, and, you there's know, that. There's the turmoil of the. There's the society. There's also the infection and like the dirty bomb. Like, 
you know, weaponized yeah, massive viruses and like the, and the and, twenty days later. So you, yeah. you see the, these these movies become very smart. Where uh, you know, on the on, just on the face of it, they're just oh zombies killing people. But then if you run read into it, and if they're done like Romero used to do. You know, intelligently, th- there's a lot of symbolism and, and allegorical yeah. aspects of it. Not sure how much of that applies to today's movie. Uh, zombie. Yeah. Fulci zombie. <laughs> well, but, so we got 68, we have Night of Living Dead. Uh, and then, you know, the thing that's, I think, important to point out with those kinds of movies, the grindhouse, drive-in movies, is these movies made a lot of money, but they had legs. They made mo- that money over time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it was a huge hit at the box office opening weekend. Yeah. So you would get, say came out in 66, it wouldn't be till like 73, 74, 75, where you realize that that movie had made a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, so then you see in the mid-70s, uh, zombie movies start to pop up Yeah, again. little, little zo- genre ones. Uh, Bob Clark did a couple. Yeah. Uh, Death Dream. And, Children shouldn't play with dead yeah. things. And so, and then the Italians start getting into it. So, you like know. Like the Blind Dead. Oh, remember that series? The, yeah. You know, a lot of whole weird like seagulls. And it's, we're, we're, yeah. So then this movie comes out in like 78, 79. Yeah. And. Uh, it's related. Now, it's, it's interesting, the story, because it's related to Romero's, but then it's not. Yeah. So Dawn of the Dead comes out in 70. Six, seven? Six or seven. Yeah, which is the sequel to, uh, to Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is the sequel. That comes out, and in Europe, it's called Zombie, yeah. not Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It's called Zombie with an I yeah. at the end, no E. Um, so that movie does gangbusters, and then this movie comes out a year later, a year or two later, and it's called Zombie 2. Yeah. Because in Italy, this is the sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Because he's riding off the coattails. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up the fact that mid-70s zombies, because this script, they actually started writing the script before Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And then they bookended. They tr- they so after they little... decided, okay, we're going to make this a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, uh, we'll set it, we'll bookend it with America. Yeah, so they have it open in New York Harbor in the 70s. And then it ends on the Brooklyn Bridge. And then I guess the... The movie basically is a, a boat is found uh, adrift in, in New York Harbor. New York Harbor. They go investigate. There's uh, like the, the Harbor Patrol. There's zombies on board. Uh, people get killed. Uh, we find out that uh, the the boat is an abandoned boat that that's come all the way up from the islands, uh, air quotes, <laughs> which is uh, you know down south below Florida. Um, this girl who, who played by Mia Farrow's sister. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tissa? Tissa Farrow. Yeah. Um, Mia Farrow's sister. Her father owns the boat. She was the owner of the boat. And so he would go down to this island. He was friends with Dr. Menard. Yeah. And so that boat shows up, and uh, we have like a classic hoot, like murder mystery. It was like a giallo. Yeah. It's uh, where's the dad? Where's the father? This is his boat. It's abandoned. There's these crazy things on board that apparently, yeah, at this point, nobody knows that they're zombies. It's just some crazy dude on board. Yeah, they just think they're maniacs. <laughs> and uh, and there's a reporter. Yeah, because in the, the, the which is very like film noiry. Yeah, the uh, reporter gets interested. Like, Giallo. what happened? He's gonna go search too. And then his there's a little cameo by Fulci because he's the editor of the paper. Yeah. And he's like, go down there and check it out. They meet each other on board the the boat. They they sneak on at night. 
looking and, for clues basically yeah and then they meet each other what's going on oh i'm interested too or right, so are you hey let's let's go down to the islands and see what your dad's up to i haven't talked to him in a while they go down to the islands it's basically you know in classic detective work let's go to the last place we knew he was yeah and it's and to further the the idea of this is being like a pseudo giallo it's it's the which we've talked about extensively on our cast and on the side cast on podwits.com is that they the idea that the a third party uh picks up the mystery uh and they want to for whatever reason want to try to seek it out to whatever end to, to, yeah. to solve the mystery and you know not being police related or whatever either it's the witness or it's the reporter or it's the whoever you know they have to figure out you know why this is happening for whatever reason either yeah, it's, yeah. it's a love interest or they're yeah. just they witness the crime or they're just so enthralled in this case it's a daughter yeah and a guy who wants a scoop yeah so they the, team up and i think he wants a little more than a scoop <laughs> if you know what i mean <laughs> he wants a little the pharaoh so then they go down to the islands they they it looks like they they fly into like say some of like jamaica they, they they rent a boat by another um uh, a caucasian couple so they're not islanders they go out to, to, to go see the island, and then uh, they get to the island, and shit starts happening, shit and, starts and happening. it starts really quick. Um, so, on the face of it as well, this isn't really a zombie movie in the sense that Romero kind of buttoned it in the 68, where Romero kind of introduced the idea, which for some reason I was saying before, you take out, say, um, uh, what's-his-face, the Serpent of the Rainbow. Um, yeah, Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Zombie movies since Romero have become like uh, it's a disease. It's something weird. It's 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 radiation coming down from or, or, you know aliens, yeah. or they don't even tell you. It's just something's yeah, happening. They, in Night of the Living Dead, it's, they it's, it's imply. A, yeah, it's a satellite from Jupiter. What could could be or Venus? But come, nobody knows. Yeah, they're like, is that it? Wink, 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 <laughs> wink. You know. And then it, and then it, it gets to the point where, like in the '80s or whatever, you don't even need to tell it. It's just shit's happening, and it's. It, it, well, I mean, the Italian zombie movies—you got everything from uh, like nuclear waste. Uh, Let's sleep. The corpses lie is like pestis like oh yeah and the, the north england that's a great that's a great movie let sleeping corpses lie in north england yeah yeah where it's just like pesticides causing all this on like the the, the farmland and then yeah, yeah. Uh, or, uh, you know or it's, it's some nuclear sort of, waste zombie three i believe is nuclear waste which is also i think the the return to living dead movies yeah, in the yeah. 80s is only it's like it's like a biohazard like a something the government's engineered that's going awry. And I think maybe that could be 28 Days Later as well, that kind of yeah, an idea. Yeah. Or it's just like the the Lord just causing like a, a you know, because of our pestilence. Yeah, yeah. And he's just causing So a, no matter what the, uh, the cause is in the MacGuffin. movie, in this particular movie, we have the Dr. Men David Menard, which we uh, talked about because the actor died recently, uh, Richard Johnson. And... Um, he is basically running like this it seemed pretty makeshift like a clinic but it seems like he's not so this movie's and getting on, back on the island of matul which is like the end of this like this island that's off the beaten path yeah it's it's, it's kind of a it's, it's not remote in the sense where there's still like you know dudes and like you know with like in huts but you know and it's interesting because if, to me if you uh, the what, what's interesting about the movie is we have like this science He's trying to find a cure for it. So, we get back to the root of it's. It's kind of it's 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 voodoo. It's very it's very uh, late in, in religion and stuff like that. Now, uh, Doctor Menard doesn't seem to be down there really to 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 solve the issue of zombies. It seems like he was down there to help 
Like yeah. he was almost yeah, like and then, and then he was down there anyway. Yeah, he was helping the the indigenous people, and yeah. then this broke out, and he's re it's reactionary. He's yeah. taking upon himself to try to so he's trying to he's trying to take the scientific route of solving it. You're right. It doesn't seem like he went down the tool to solve this problem because of an outbreak. Seemed like he, he was, was there, there to be like Greenpeace, and then this outbreak yeah. happened. And through the course of the movie, we come to realize that like it's not science. It's like the island is cursed. Yeah. And that's why this is happening. And so and that's also interesting because it, it becomes like there is a third party being like a god or something kind of like ingratiating themselves into this because it seems that they're it's it, and that becomes a fulci thing with his trilogy of 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 zombie movies he's did this he does the the, the beyond which yeah. is freaking great beyond and, probably his best movie yeah and then uh gates uh, of hell aka city of the living dead the two times depending on what title you and then you have that. i guess the fourth would be house, house by the cemetery, by the cemetery. cemetery. those three not zombie but those three beyond city of the living dead and house by the cemetery are considered his by the fans considered to be like his gates of hell like his apocalypse trilogy yeah um like when we did the thing we talked about carpenter has like an apocalyptic trilogy of the thing prince of darkness and in the mouth, in the mouth of madness yeah. this is fulci's kind of version yeah of that. and he has his own rules and it's interesting the the italians how they do zombies versus how we do zombies and so it seems like that there is kind of like an apocalyptic kind of stance that like uh th their zombies show up they just you know they just, you turn around they're not there you turn around and they're there you know or, yeah, or there's yeah. a lot of you know or they'll uh, you know, there is a gestation period sometimes, traditionally, depending on how the story goes, or it could be very quick or very, very long, where if you get bitten or you die, you come back. Or in this movie, same thing, but also there's like conquistadores yeah, so coming with, up. So it's like, you know, so you don't with know. Romero, you have like basically like the recently deceased. Yeah. They're not coming out of the ground like they are in, like, say, Return of the Living Dead yeah. in the 80s. Whereas this movie, Zombie, Lucio Fulci Zombie, you have. The recently deceased, but you also have like bodies that have been in the ground. So that's why it, it seems to imply that there is a third party like pushing the buttons. Yeah, like there's yeah. like a Wizard of Oz, like, like, like our God saying, like, you know, this is, you know, so he's causing all this. So um, we, we, we have also a lot of interesting um, devices going on in this movie that I love. Uh, you have, I mean, you have Shark. <laughs> See, I mean, you know. It, it, okay, so. Uh, what the Italians do um, is they take something that's popular, at least back then, uh, the Western, um, the sword and sandal, you know, uh, epics, epics movies or fantasy in the 80s after Conan and um, after Mad Max Escape from New York, the post-apocalyptic. Post yeah like science fiction and they run with that movie. shit they, get they that take ball, it they run with it and they add their own stuff in they, they sprinkle parmesan cheese and garlic and spaghetti sauce on it and then and they just put it into the oven and let it <laughs> bake and, 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 and they have all kinds of crazy and it comes out and it's like you know now we think of like shock cinema extreme cinema as being a very like asian thing yeah but like italy was that that's Italy where that before. where this starts yeah uh, with bava in the 60s into the 70s with Romero and uh, Fulci and, uh, and, yeah, Argento and uh, Fulci. But we used to always, we used to, when we were in film school, make the claim that this kind of like uh, uh, 
I guess, put in a, a spark into the Italian horror genre, this movie, Zombie. Like, Zombie really got it going. Like, it kind of... I mean, certainly you had there Argento was, doing it in there Victor's was definitely Baba, but... In the 70s, there was definitely, like, a lull for cinema, for Italian cinema. Even though they were cranking it still out, though. They were cranking it out, but, you know, you had, like, the golden... By the 60s into the early 70s, you have uh, Baba, Mario Baba, who's really, like, the grandfather, godfather, father of Italian horror movies. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to point out that all these, uh, maybe with the, well, I guess you can even include Argento in this. None of them really came to horror wanting to do horror, say, like a Carpenter or, or, or Romero. They were doing other things. Like, Fulci was doing comedies. Yeah, Fulci this. did everything under the sun. He did yeah. musicals. He did comedies. He was actually... Before this movie, he was primarily known as being a, a, a comedic And it was director. even an accident he got this because they suggested it to another guy. And the director said, I don't want to do it, but I have a friend of mine, Fulci, who might actually do this. So these directors weren't really trying to, like, break new ground or get discovered. They were just they were just almost like, uh, you know, in the, in the Hollywood-esque Italian, you yeah, know, like film. Yeah, like in the studio system yeah. way of making in films. Italy. It's like they were just cranking out movies. Yeah. I mean, he was known best for comedies, but he had he did a couple of westerns. He did uh, some giallo movies, which there's a very, dis in, in Italy, and really if you watch them uh, and really study them, there is a distinction between giallo movies and horror movies. Yeah. Um, Giallo movies are much more, in the traditional sense, more like thrillers suspense, yeah, and suspense yeah. movies, whereas they think of horror as being more supernatural and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was doing all these kinds of movies, and like I said, he was best known for comedy, oddly enough. And then he does this movie. Yeah. So and you're then, bringing Bava up, you said. Bava, he was the, the granddaddy, yeah, the yeah. godfather of this. And then... And then, and I, then so then from Bava, you have... Then, like, Argento hits, and Argento's, like, the savior of Italian, you know, yeah. cinema in the 70s for the most part. I mean, he's, like, the golden boy. And he Even also, today, he's gigantic. Yeah, it's weird how he's he's kind of, like, even if you're not into horror in Italy, he's, like, a Steven Spielberg of the genre. Yeah, he's on TV doing yeah, He's become his own thing. entity. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, like, judge the, he's on reality like the shows. Hitchcock of, of know, Italy now. Of Italy, so... Um, and he he also like put a needle in the butt of the American cinema because when Night of the Living Dead came out, he was uh, it was so big I guess in Italy or worldwide yeah, that yeah. he became in contact with Romero and he invited Romero because at the time I guess Dario was what helping do uh, the last Sergio um, Leone. Uh, you know, once upon a time in the West, he, he had was, yeah he, he was, was doing, doing one upon a time in the West and he was he had at that point. Had he done by, the, by that point, he had done. I mean, for, by the time before Dawn of the Dead comes out, he. Had, I mean, Bird with Crystal Plumage is seventy. Yeah. Uh, this is Dario Argento. Films. Dario Argento films. Bird with Crystal Plumage is his first movie, which another one is huge. Is huge. Here, yeah. I mean, it, it's monumental in uh, in like Italian cinema. Um, then he does like the other two. Uh, Four Flies and Grey Velvet and, and um, Cat of Nine Tails. Which is, again, he, talk about trilogies. He, that's his, like, that's animal his trilogy. Ad, they call that his animal trilogy. So he uh, does, like, a comedy uh, called Four Days in Milan or Five Days in Milan, something like that. And then after that comes Deep Red. Yeah, Profundo Rosso. Which is, like, 75. So he invites Romero over. He's like, I want to, I want to, I don't know why. He's like, I'm going to give you an experience or, or, or just nurse you so that you can 
gestate and make yeah. a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. So he goes over and he invites Romero over. Romero, I guess, writes Dawn while he's in, in Italy. Yeah, like at Argento's house, basically. <laughs> Argento's, it's almost like misery. Argento's like, you know, the, it's like the Kathy Bates. He's locked, he's locked Romero. Into you would write me a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Even though he's Russian in that voice. And, he, and Romero writes Dawn of the Dead and Romero comes back and then it's, and, and I never knew until we watched, I think, Document of the Dead, that really old, um, documentary on the, those movies the Romero movies that like you know Dario was like holding Romero's hand so to speak where you know he had he helped him get Goblin to do the soundtrack he's yeah. he, he just footage them in the mall together like just really weird footage of them walking around together he was like a producer yeah. and he handled all the European distribution and made his own cut of the movie for European distribution which I guess was a thing back then it wasn't like he did it without Romero knowing back in the day I guess they would there be some there was some sort of knowledge that like Romero, think, your, your movie might get cut yeah, a little bit that happened a lot and I think probably happened for a lot of people without Knowing, like Goblin did several scores for movies that had other scores other places in the world. Yeah, and I don't know if those filmmakers even knew. I maybe it was rights or they didn't want to pay. You know, Mancini's score was being replaced with Goblin. (laughs) This is a really sweet day. Henry Mancini's really doing. You know, Lalo Schifrin's score is really so. The point is, there's the, the there is like this little bit of a lull in Italian cinema, but we have Argento like waving the flag and then we have like Suspiria comes out like 77 yeah and then that's also Argento and that's that's probably the most popular either for good or bad the the well-known Argento movie so we have and then there's like this becomes as like this big spike of Italian horror movies like Giallo his Giallo movies like I said weren't really considered horror movies so then we have like Suspiria Inferno and we have Fulci's movies starting to come out. Jaws had come out, so there was like a bunch of Jaws, yeah, like rip off like shark Italian shark movies, yeah. and or even over here we had Orca, yeah, and you know, so it's like, and and they all, yeah, it's weird. They all play into each other. They're yeah, all yeah. they're all helping, you know, all going into this melting pot of whatever you know is being cooked up over the world, but Italians especially. So you have Fulci, and then so getting back. But to... But what the what the Italians do is they just throw everything. It, in the pot. They throw it in the pot and they turn up the burner, and yeah. you get this really like almost hyper surrealized vision of horror in a way that America, even America in the seventies and then in the eighties with the slasher movies, that turned up the notch a little bit. Yeah, you know, Italy was like you know fuck that. Yeah. Like, you think you're hot shit? Like, we're going to throw a guy wrestling a shark. Underwater. <laughs> Underwater. You know, you know, this was on a commercial somewhat recently. Yeah, like a couple years ago, which we'll put a link in the cast. It was a commercial, and, and it randomly, they're talking, I think it was like maybe how you can stream stuff through your television. So maybe it was like either a phone product commercial or maybe like a carrier commercial for, for, for whatever. And he throws in his TV footage, and all of a sudden you see... Uh, a zombie fighting a shark underwater, which yeah. is th- this movie. So, on their way over to Matul, uh, our 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 journalist uh, reporter, our, our and our um, Peter West Peter. is the is the is the name of the character of the. Reporter, who is very Michael York, I want to say. I always say he looks kind of like a, a poor man's Michael York, with uh, a with very unfortunate uh, comb over. Yeah, which because it looks fine while he's in New York, but once he gets down there and they're filming, it's really windy, uh, yeah, and then the it just starts, the and then it's wet, the boat. you know, and then it's just by the end of it, you're like, I didn't even know he had no hair, you know, because he looked fine, in, in, you know, in the '70s New York. So, on their way over to um, 
to, to, to the island, uh, they stop, and the couple they rented the boat from is like, she's like, I want to go scuba diving or just see some stuff. So as you do in Italy, she gets naked. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, basically got like a G-string on. Yeah, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, puts a tank on her back, goes underwater, and I don't know what she's looking for down there. but She's, she's just taking pictures or something. Oh, is she? I thought she was looking for like starfish or something. It's <laughs> collecting. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and Michael York's like, poor man's Michael York's like, wow, okay, I like how this happens. So, and, and then while she's down there, uh, a zombie attacks her or tries to attack her. She she grabs like some coral reefs, well, rubs first, it in his eye. She, oh, she hides from the sh a shark. There's a up. shark. Yeah. So she comes up. She's like, there's a shark. Shark. I'm going to go like hide in the coral reef until this thing passes. Yeah. And then while she's hiding there, music starts kicking in, uh, which we even have to get to. A hand comes very uh, unsuspectingly. Hand comes into the shot, grabs her by the shoulder. Zombie. Zombie's there. She She's able to rub coral reef in its face. You wouldn't think that would <laughs> upset it, but it does. It's like, oh, I can't see. She's able to get away. Then Shark's like, what's going on over here? <laughs> and the zombie's like, ah, it's Shark. And then the zombie's, you know, then the zombie fights a shark. And then zombie's like, ooh, food. Uh, uh, a little fight ensues where he's trying to grab the shark, get something off of it to eat. Uh, he's wrestling it. Shark uh, grabs the zombie by the arm, rips, rips the arm off, rips, rips the, the arm, rips until the, the zombie off, gets yeah. some of the shark and eats the shark. So what I always like to point yeah. out, okay, uh, it turns out, uh, in researching, uh, it turns out Fulci didn't really uh, come up with the scene, didn't really want to do it or whatever. Uh, there was the producer, um, Hugo Tucci, had met a filmmaker named uh, Rene Cardona Jr., who had made a Jaws ripoff called uh, Tinto Rara. Mm. And <clears throat> he met this director, and I guess this kind of shark movie... Uh, was doing fairly well because of the success of Jaws and whatnot. So then Hugo gets the thought, like, let's throw a fucking shark in movie. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, as oddly as we, 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 if you haven't seen this movie yet, which is surprising that you're even listening to this and haven't seen it, so if you're that much of a fan, thank you, fair play to you. Um, it's not out of place. Like, it, it completely works, you know. It's oh, like, within, you, you, the con <laughs> within the world of the movie, yeah. totally acceptable. But it's weird, though, because you would think that it wouldn't. If I pitched to you, like, let's have a zombie, zombie movie and let's have a shark in it, you'd be like, well, how are you going to so get that? So we have, like, a shark trainer or stuntman or some shit. It's, it was supposed to be a stuntman, but he got sick, so it turned out to be the, the shark trainer doing this. This, this stunt. I didn't know you could train a shark, but yeah, you can train fair anything. Play. In that way. Yeah, fair play to you. If you're gonna go down there and, and try to train a shark, you know, what are you gonna try to train? A dolphin? A, a, you know, a killer whale? No, 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 no. I want to go down. I want to try to make it a little harder on myself. I'm gonna to, to, to train a shark. So my point is, my point that I've always made about this movie, which is why I, one of the things that I just love this about this movie is because it's so crazy. You figure you got this guy. You're going to put him underwater. Yeah, yeah. We're going to shoot underwater not hard enough. Yeah. We're going to put this guy in zombie makeup. Yeah. Underwater. Good yeah. good zombie makeup. Yeah. I as mean, well, he, look, it, he looks great. As well as you're not in a tank either. You're underwater. Yeah, yeah. You're it's actually not, shooting on location. <laughs> it's not like he's a scuba diver, like a zombie scuba diver. Yeah. He's just a zombie down there, ragtag uh, uh, clothes, you know. Um, in good makeup, yeah. Doesn't look bad. We're going to have him fight a shark. Yeah, a Rest, real shark. Wrestle with a real shark yeah. underwater. And then, because of the big punchline of this uh, set piece, is that the shark ripped his arm off, 
he's got a prosthetic arm for uh, a chunk of the scene. Yeah. So he's wrestling to, to, to put the to, to, to throw into the shark's mouth yeah. and get the shark to bite it off. Yeah, yeah. So he is literally there's a guy underwater wrestling the shark literally with one hand tied behind his back because <laughs> he's hiding the other arm. <laughs> So it's just like it's unbelievable. Now you would think they must have maybe doped up the shark. Let's hope the shark was okay. Oh, yeah, you know who the hell knows because back Ripped then out all his teeth or something. yeah, because you don't Probably. know. I mean, the Italians are notorious. There's a Vic Morrow story where the Vic Morrow, uh, the actor who John Landis killed in Todd's on the movie, um, where he was doing you know uh, more on that, yeah, yeah <laughs> more, more on that, that later. time. But he was doing Italian cowboys movies in Spain in like the 60s and that's what the big thing to do of course for all uh, Hollywood actors in the 60s and 70s uh, and the, the Italians would go shoot the shoot the western in Spain because the Spain the Spanish hillsides looked very much like our hillsides and, and, and they would at the end of it they were just going to just kill all the animals because they didn't want to pay to and, and Vic Moore was like what you're going to shoot all the horses so he actually paid to have the horses shipped back you think so, with that much shooting going on Shooting as in filmmaking. In filmmaking going on in Spain on westerns. You'd want to keep like the horses. Some, like some, some guy, some, some entrepreneur. Spa some spa <laughs> Spanish guy, some Spaniard would yeah. have been like, hmm. I'm going to keep them here. And, you know, <laughs> I will collect all these horses and, I will, and they will rent them <laughs> from me when they come here. <laughs> and that guy probably now owns half the Especially because isn't that the whole thing that like the horses in America were brought here by Spain? From yeah, Spain, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Indians, like Spain, like Spain is where they are. Yeah, the, when the Indians first saw like the you know the people on horses, they thought they were like freaking uh, what's the name of those things? <laughs> the, the the Greek, uh, you know, they thought they were those Greek, you know, they were like, what the hell is this thing, you know? Yeah. Here, the, you know. So I mean, that's that, that's a bizarre. Yeah. So they, so notion. our point is that like you don't know how they were treating the animals. Yeah. So let's hope they treated him well. And, you know, we're not even getting into the Sam Peckinpah movies where he's like blowing up chickens' heads in yeah. the, the Billy the Kid movie. So um, uh, for me. Uh, take a, a brief detour from talking about the actual movie to talk about like our relationship to this movie yeah because how this movie came to my uh, knowledge was in the 90s uh, Deanna and I grew up at a time of the 90s independent film boom of people like Quentin Tarantino Robert Rodriguez uh, Kevin Smith and, and that kind of thing. So th th that was kind of like what we were really into. And I remember I bought this book um, that was uh, a collection of interviews with Quentin Tarantino. But it wasn't about Quentin Tarantino's movies. It was about all the movies that Quentin Tarantino loved. So there was a lot of talk about like Sonny Chiba yeah. and Kung Fu movies and then Westerns and a lot of talk about John Carpenter. And there is like this chapter in that book uh, about Italian horror movies. Yeah. And so this is how uh, the names Dario Argento, Lucio Fulci come and are introduced to me. Because I don't think we even did, I don't think we even were taught that in, in our, we came to them naturally. No. We, it, they, they never really came up, maybe in our horror class. They it might was have been touched upon. not even, not even. Didn't, they, was, didn't he show, didn't our teacher show like a scene from Suspiria maybe? I don't I, I, don't, I have a recollection that he showed like I don't like recall, the, but that even would have been a year yeah, later. Yeah, two years or a year later. A year or two later from when this started for us. So I had this book and the thing that stood out in my mind was that Quentin Tarantino in this book describes a scene where a zombie wrestles a shark underwater. Yeah. 
And so, you know, this was like 95. <laughs> and you're like, what? It's <laughs> 96, maybe, at the latest. So I read this. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? And luckily, we're in the New York City area. We went to school. So it's very easy for us to go and then get this thing. So we went to like a... So like three years later, two, two three years later, I found myself in film school with, with you. Hi. <clears throat> and... Uh, nice to meet you. This is when I start to become like totally obsessed with horror movies. Yeah, you do. And uh, yeah, he talks a lot about opera, the Dario Argento movies. So these names have been floating around in my head for uh, you know at this point like a few years. And you're in the Black Sabbath <laughs> and all kinds of bad things are going on in Black Sabbath. So we're in the city running errands, and there used to be these stores called Record Explosion where you could go in and as you walked in there was like just like a porn section right in the front of the store but there was also just like a huge like cheap two dollar video section of kung fu movies and and uh all kinds of stuff. anything you were looking for yeah they had it. and in the back there was cds and yeah. and all this stuff and great so, idea i don't know why they don't have them today <laughs> so we walk in and i'm flipping through the horror section and there is a black clamshell re-release um, it was a recent release it was the anchor bay re-release special edition of zombie yeah of zombie the black clamshell with the iconic zombie with the worms in his eyes which you see in a lot of posters when we we talked about uh the uh, monster squad yes they have this image hanging up on a poster in their in their tree floor in, in their clubhouse yeah, <clears throat> yeah and this is the one that this is the poster that's in our post here now and it's the poster that's become so iconic like you said that like you have a t-shirt of it yeah, yeah it's very if you're in somewhat into this or you're into horror you've seen this picture and this is i think was even in the quentin tarantino book they might have even had a they might have had the, i uh, think you're right i think they do have the picture a black and white yeah, picture yeah. Of, of 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 this zombie but so i flipped this over and i think it must mention a sh the shark scene in the description on the back of the clamshell and it was like finding the holy grail for yeah. me. Yeah, I think you it went was yourself. Like, all, I found it. It was like, this is a movie for like three years. I've been like, there's this movie, and I've never seen it. And it, lo and behold, I'm now holding it in my hands. I'm holding it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful widescreen digital yeah. remaster of so it. So we must have went and bought it, and we went home. Then I guess, did we watch it together? We must have watched it together. We must have watched it together. I know I watched it with... Uh... And what better way to watch it? Like you're saying, it's widescreen. It's 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 remastered because it's a re-release. So it looks like beautiful. All the bells as and wishes. As beautiful as VHS yeah. could have looked yeah. back. <laughs> it's, not even like, it's not even like we're going to a video store and finding like I mean, a shitty had no, 80s had, copy of and it. And we had nothing to compare. I mean, like DVDs... Maybe like a DVD, maybe like the first DVD players were coming out, but nobody owned them. Yeah, no, except no. for Jamie Waba. Yeah, yeah, really rich, really, really, really rich people. You know, I think like we knew somebody that had one, but other than yeah. that, like nobody had it. So this was like it was never gonna get better than this. Yeah, right here. and and to just throw that on and just to, you know, and I mean, this seemed like we were the audience. This had been born to, yeah. to play to. At the, at the also same time, this is when we discover Maniac. That's why we make that kind of correlation, uh, you know, at the beginning of this cast. We pick up Anchor Bay, releases yeah. a beautiful... Uh, same thing. That's how we first saw Maniac. We see a, a widescreen uh, with all the bells and whistles cleaned up uh, copy of Maniac. And it's like, you, you're seeing these movies like that. And I guess it's it's sad we didn't see them you know, in their original form on VHS when we were little, but at the same time, it's good because we're not seeing like a yeah. a cut up 
uh, non-widescreen pan and scan, not even probably pan and scan, uh, shitty ass, you know, uh, been watched, ruined yeah, a thousand yeah. times video like we watched The Prowler we watched. Like, yeah, yeah. Me and you burn out the last copy of The Prowler. We, Blake and I rented the Prowler from from. from there's, there's a story where we talked about video stores that you didn't even remember about us renting the Prowler. Yeah, we 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 rented the Prowler from a video store up in Connecticut by uh, Frank Joseph Zito, directed by Joseph Zito, who was also which we in a couple weeks ago we made the correlation which we couldn't remember in the Maniac Cast. So to yeah. amend the Maniac Cast. So if you listen to the Maniac Cast after this one, or you just listen to the Maniac Cast. This is the Zito we're, t we're, we're trying to think of. That, that uh, Joe Spinell paid homage to to name his character in the movie uh, Frank Zito. It was, he was going after Joseph Zito, which I did mention the Chuck Norris correlation, but I didn't realize it is that Zito yeah, that was directing guy. all those Chuck Norris movies. Was great, which we'll probably do as well, those, the Chuck Norris movies. So, Prowler, uh, also Tom Savini, shout out. Yeah, great, great Tom. And, and Prowler is actually a really good movie. And I think, is Farley Granger in... in, in, uh, in, in but the Prowler, or am I making, is Farley Granger in, um, maybe I'm getting that mixed up with, um, uh, uh, what's the name of the uh, 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 Valentine's Day? Oh, my bad. Bloody my Bloody Valentine. I think Farley Granger is in The Prowler. Uh, spoiler alert, I think he's the he turns out to be the bad guy. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, if I'm wrong, I'll make an amendment on, on, on the bottom of the cast, uh, this, this posting. So we go to the video store that I end up working at years later, and we're looking for... Tom Savini related yeah, movies. Yeah, for some reason we got on a big topic. Because I think we get the book. We, 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 we think we went and met him. I got you the had book. The, you had the book. I had an older you bought, book. You bought like the new edition of the yeah, book. Yeah, and it had like the burning in it. It had like the Prowler. We're like, what are these movies? And also I think we've seen B-roll of them in like that movie Magic Discovery Channel yeah. show when they did the special on Tom Savini. So we're looking for those movies and lo and behold, they do have an old beat up shitty like probably circa whenever the movie came out v VHS copy of the Prowler. So we, you and I take it home and what you're alluding to, which was I forgot, is we take it home, what we open it up, and it's and the tape is broke, right? Yeah, or it's like not rewound yeah. all the way. So we've rewinded all the way, and it's broken. And it breaks. The, ta the tape, the physical tape for all you youngsters out there. Yeah. Because the, there was a cassette with magnetic tape. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? Did you mean it was like a device? And the tape was off the spool. Yeah, and it, it had rewound back in there. So, uh... Blake and I have to do some really quick, extensive reconstructive surgery. So we go down to my dad's workbench, <laughs> turn did, the lights on. We did do it on the workbench. You know, That's I have like a vice. We're chain smoking <laughs> down there. And we, we go with, with my dad's like Care, <laughs> his eyeglass, his eyeglass <laughs> screwdriver. We carefully open the tape up, you know, like, yeah, you know, Blake's wiping the, my. <laughs> we got the white. We're in our, we're in our scrubs. Yeah, we got, we got my mom's. We don't want any, scrubs. any dust to get in there. You know, Blake's wiping my, my, my forehead, and we, 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 we take some scotch tape and we, 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 we <laughs> connect that sucker back. Very technical uh, and, use uh, of scotch tape. Yeah, we, we, we close that shit back up, and we get one more watch out of the prowler, and then later on, I think when we returned it. I think I remember telling the guy, "Hey, this tape's it's broke, you know." Or if you rewind, maybe I didn't rewind it because yeah, I said, yeah. "If you know, I'm worried if you rewind it." Because at the time, all the youngsters as well, that was the big thing: be kind, please rewind. You always supposed to bring the tape back because it was bullshit. And they would like charge you. Like, yeah, well, hour. because it was like if you rent the movie, like you know, what the hell? It's gonna take me six minutes to rewind this stuff right now. <laughs> so it was kind of like an inconvenience. So anyway, um, so I told the guy, "Hey, look, the tape's broke. I'm I'm worried to rewind it because it may break again," and then. Cut to like two or three years later, I'm working now at the video store and I see still in their uh, defunct 
broken tape pile is the prowler it never got fixed that was their last copy so blake and i watched the last you should have taken it i should have so. taken it because then the place ended up going under and they, they were getting rid of everything for a song i mean they were just yeah. they were just giving out like you know garbage bags of videotapes and i got a lot of videos from then too but at the time when it went under it was like 2005 well, six too, yeah. yeah so there's yeah it was all so there was going away but still we were the last ones to so why do we even why do we even bring up the prowler uh because of um video to watch crappy old video yes that's why (laughs) starting steering this shit back on course yeah so we gotta get it out of the out of the storm so we we saw zombie in in the likes of maniac how it was intended to be seen and it blew our mind absolutely and the thing you know to this day you know uh former roommate of mine after i live with dion uh Dave, who gets twice, up, who gets brought up a lot yeah. on this cast for all kinds of movies, because he he's for his big. love for John Carpenter, yeah, and so, all things horror. To this day, we like you, we'll we'll laugh about uh, how like that movie would come on and we would just sit there and like, uh, what like air guitar, air, air play zombies music yeah. as the movie was on. It's such a catchy sound. <laughs> So we sit there, pretend we were playing the keyboard, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so just a lot of really fond memories, a great time, and that was like kind of our discovery of this movie, and that's why things like Maniac, this are like so important. To us. And it's also good that I think it didn't hurt that they weren't bad; they were really good movies. Yeah, they so delivered. because of that, it really whet our appetite to go seek out ones that you know. You really have to be into, and then I've sh- I'm sure we've watched we a, a fair of share of, yeah. but we liked them because we know the past of them, and it could have been different had we yeah. seen them first. But so Fulci, this is the first introduction to Fulci for us, yeah, um, and it probably was for a lot of people. Uh, you know, you about to put it in perspective. You know, now you got the internet, you got uh, bumper stickers, the, DV- the DVDs. Um, you know, multiple releases of this on DVD. Mondo's putting out the soundtracks. Uh, you know, this stuff is, like, readily available. Yeah. But, like, we were, like, that very first wave of, like, this stuff is now becoming available again. Yeah. So this, like, we couldn't have really saw and this. We, and we actually sought it out. Whereas now it's kind of, like, in the sub-subculture. If you yeah. get into the culture, you know, it's, it's like you're saying, it's kind of readily yeah. available. Whereas we, we were in luck to be able to find it like holy crap this is it and then we were able to find such a pristine copy of it to watch um some notes uh since we brought up the soundtrack fabio fritzi yeah um italian composer obviously uh did is best known for his work with fulci yeah um he like Fulci. He was kind of he and he was kind of known for his comedies, doing scores for comedies. But with this movie, he teams up with Fulci. Not for the first time, actually. He does his first thing with Fulci is on a on a, a film. He had a trio. It was Fulci. It was Frizzy, um, Bixio, Frizzy, and there's a third guy uh, that escapes me. And they did the score for Four of the Apocalypse. Which is kind of like a Fulci Western. Mm. For Horsemen of the Apocalypse? Yeah, but I think it's actually called Four of the Apocalypse. Okay. Uh, might have multiple titles for but it's it's a uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting. But he comes aboard. He does 
zombie with Fulci. And then that starts a, like a very long collaboration. Um, he didn't do like every Fulci movie after that, but he did all, most of the ones that are a big deal beyond all the ones we've mentioned, City uh, of the Living Dead, um, Hasbro Cemetery. Um, well, he might have not done that one. But anyway, so Fr Frizzy does, comes in board and does this kind of monumental score. Yeah. Um, not, not only um, do you have that main theme that we were just humming, but you have like that very like Caribbean, like, do 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 the thing that I think is a little tidbit for uh, the people that are really into the Italian horror movie scene um, that you may not know is that the band that Frizzy used for the, uh, most of those movies, including, I think, Zombie, is um, made up of several musicians, but three of which are members of Goblin. Mm. You have the rhythm section, you have the bass player, uh, Fabio Pignatelli, and... Um, uh, Augustino on drums, Fabio Tina plays bass, and then you have Maurizio Guarini, who is a keyboard player who is best known for being part of Goblin, but he was just a, a, a really popular session musician. He did Roller with Goblin and then came back in the second wave of Goblin scores after Simonetti and Massimo Morente leave um, post Dawn of the Dead Goblin. And so the bands that he's he's using are, is like, you know, you think of Goblin as being like the quintessential like Italian horror movie. You got all the Argento movies, um, and all this stuff. But then they're secretly doing they're parts. secretly being session musicians for for Fulci's Now you've movies. seen New Goblin in concert a uh, number of times. Do they ever? Like go into like the, no you know, they no they, they, they stay strictly with um, like the goblin official most releases. of most of the Argento stuff. Um, That'd be pretty cool if they just went into an interlude, little medley. Now there's a uh, there's a rumor that I've been trying to get to the bottom of um, because I interviewed Maurizio Guarini. Yeah, and um, I also briefly interviewed uh, Fabio Fritzi, and I didn't know this when I interviewed the two of them. So I'm trying to get confirmation of this, but. I've heard recently, and maybe by the time we get this up online, we will have confirmation and we might be able to say confirmed, we'll see, is that that, doom, 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 that bass drum yeah. is actually Maurizio Guarini tapping the mic. Oh, come on. It's not like a drum machine or <laughs> like a drum. It's actually just doom, doom, tapping the microphone. The live mic. Boom, yeah. Boom. boom. Um, we should get back on track with the film now because there's, there's I guess, a lot to say on the film itself while we have, still have the time. Um, that music you were alluding to, the jungle, I was I was thinking you meant that like when they get down to Jamaica, there's a very like, uh, yeah, there's a very like Jamaican, like almost like Caribbean, um, yeah. uh, what do you call those? With the with timbas. The, yeah, with like the steel drum. Yeah, sound. so they want to make it like Caribbean. Uh, but you're talking about the tribal music. It's, it's very cool how that's used because... Uh, they want to get over the sense of you're on a you're like on a rural island with the inhabitants are like kind of natives. To a certain extent, they're not the natives like in Africa with natives like with like I was saying before living in huts with like spears. But you know they they still 
have their you yeah, know native yeah. ways, their simple ways. You so, don't even know if they have really like running water. Yeah, they might be just be going out to like the well pump in the middle. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> of the so you, so they're listening. So so their their indigenous music is supposedly this like you know jungle you know very uh relying on like the the bongos and stuff like that so that's the background music for when they're on the island but then what also starts happening which is very clever by Fulci or whoever came up with it is that it starts that music starts being played and almost is like a drum beat or like a heartbeat for yeah. the scenes with there's zombies the, there's this part of it was like is it just backing the scene is it heard in the distance like yeah, there's this thing where you're, scenes you're where not really sure. Like, they, they, you think they're hearing it too. What its role the, is, the actors. but it does. You're right. It becomes like the heartbeat of the island, kind of, and it's it's kind of sets the steady uh, pace, but also kind of drives a lot of the tension forward for for the movie. It does. You're right. It takes on a very interesting part. It's almost um, like subversive because you don't know if like is it breaking the fourth wall or like are they. Yeah, actors, the characters starting to hear it too. Yeah, you know, like I said, and they're like looking at you. <laughs> like, you, know. you don't know if it's diegetic or non-diegetic, and yeah, uh, you don't know if it's like you said, like I, like we said, like it, it, like the act if the characters can hear it in the distance being yeah, played, or if it's, it's just haunting. the audience um, hearing it. So you have the shark attack scene, which is really cool. Nobody on the boat is hurt. They go to the island. They and within ten minutes. Amazing. <laughs> and not only do you have another naked woman within ten minutes, which is absolutely gorgeous, you have the second probably set piece Big in the movie. Set piece for the movie, yeah. which is uh, the, the the Dr. Menard's wife is killed uh, after she takes a shower. Oh. Yeah, and she's killed by a um, by zombies a lot attacking of her. Great. There's a lot of under. Th there's stuff going on in this movie that I don't think it gets credit for. Like we say, like you got this Dr. Menard character, doctor, you know, trying to secure this thing. He's not curing it. His friend dies, which we find out who's Anne's who's, uh, um, uh, the father. Yeah, um, the Mero, guy who owned the boat. Pharaoh's um, uh, yeah, father. There's this, and he's like, he's kind of tormented by it. He's drinking, he's disheveled. Yeah, he's five o'clock shadow. He's, I think he even slaps his wife at one point. <laughs> And he's got this wife in a really nice house on the other side of the island who is freaked out, understandably so. Uh, this is not what she signed up for. <laughs> yeah. She wants to get out of there. He doesn't want to get out of there. He he kind of has the sense that he wants to try to cure this before he gets off the island. Little does he know it already got off the island and it made its way from the Spoiler. all the way up to freaking the eastern seaboard to, 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 to New York City. So... Um, so he's trying to deal with this. So she she bathes at night. Zombies come. Uh, very great. They do a lot of stuff in this movie too, where they do a, um, they'll they'll throw things like in the foreground. Yeah, a lot of rack folks. Yeah, a lot of rack. Like you'll see something like you think the camera's looking at her through the glass, and she's showering, and then you see in the foreground still out of focus a, a zombie hand very. come up creepy hand yeah comes up and then it'll rack focus to in the foreground to the zombie hand it's disgusting looking in it and it and it like pulls down yeah. the, the glass and it's leaving all this gunk in yeah, yeah. big props to Gianetto de rossi who did the makeup yeah and then, and then the makeup is is very distinctive it's not at all like the american savini romero makeup of the zombie times no, you know no. so it, it has a huge distinction where it looks like and it and it's the same, the same kind of makeup you see in the beyond 
where it's like kind of caked on and, and and I guess it was done layers and stages to the point yeah. where I guess Fulci was calling them like like, like plant people yeah pot, yeah plant pot people you know to get them to set so it, it they look great and it, it's all it's great because since it is dealing with like voodoo kind of zombies it kind of makes it even more the better that there is a distinction in makeup so this woman is killed by like they break they, they, they break through the door inside the house and they grab her by the hair and they just pull her towards you think they're pulling her towards the eater but see you don't know what's going on yeah, you know yeah. they could be pulling her towards well, this they is, know. you know an interesting point like you said like there's like this mystic supernatural thing well they end up on. killing her by the, the, the big sliver that's but that she's like in this room she's like in a room she goes from the bathroom she's in like a room and she walks through to like her bedroom to like an escape because she feels like there's something she can sense that there's something wrong. Somebody's yeah. watching her, whatever. She's hearing noises. So she walks through a room into another room, closes a door, and it's like you'll see like a in a you know, in a, in many horror movies with like a closet door where there's like the wood slats. Yeah. And um she puts like the she goes to push like the dresser up against the door to lock herself in and as she's pushing against the door a hand bursts through those wood slats grabs her by the by by the hair and starts pulling her towards the hole of in the door now when i say the supernatural thing is because she just walked through that room yeah and no one was and there. there was nothing there <laughs> and that's, see, that's the thing where it's like you don't know what's is it just like a continuity error or is there something like mystical and supernatural well that happens that? a lot though where the people turn around there's zombies just where they weren't in this yeah movie. yeah you know and also another great uh nod there is the cinematography is when she's trying to keep the door shut I love that shot where you just see the shadow yeah. on the wall, the Something light. that would never be done today. No, and it's just the, the, the as the doors... There's like the, there's the, a stream of light coming through the, the crack in the door on the wall. And how we know that she's losing that struggle is not like the door and her pushing. I mean, there's that, but then we see that, you know, we, we see that kind of stream of light getting bigger because yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's yeah because the door is being pushed open so uh her death is very cool and how they you know she gets she gets it right in the eye and it yeah. looks like they just pulls her towards like as he brushes through the door there's all these like shards of wood that are have splintered out uh from from like the impact so when he as he's pull as the hand is pulling her towards it there's this long suspenseful sequence yeah as her eye is slowly moving towards one of those yeah. spikes, and it's very three D ish how they how they you know yeah. your her point of view that we see of of, of it like going towards pinpoint the, of focus yeah it's on, very on very that, the, on the edge that focus puller is earning this key back there <laughs> you know so and 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 he ends up in the, and we don't look away she gets it right in the eye and it rips and it rock it, it breaks off her, breaks off in her eye so uh, the Italians yeah they're they're great so and then very quickly the whole island starts going to pot you know you know it, it, it's that's why you don't know what's going it just starts turning everyone starts turning the zombies well are it does quicker. seem that like once they get there it really they, jump starts it the, our our protagonists with the, the the boat crew the 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 one girl the reporter blah 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 it, something happens with the shark and their boat is defunct yeah so they can't even get off the island yeah so they get onto the island but it does seem that like they're which goes again with like the curse of the island, the island with having this heartbeat, the supernatural thing. It seems like their presence on the island starts to yeah. move things faster. It ramps it up. And then yeah. and then you have uh 
you know, everybody in the island, villagers are getting sick from this unknown plague and then they're dying and then within moments they're coming back. So what the doctor is doing, which is kind of the preface of the movie, is he's wrapping them in, 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 in white cloths or white yeah, blankets. Sheets and stuff. Sheets, tying them, roping them up, and then he's waiting. They come back, he shoots them in the head, and then they're going and burying them outside. You know, there's the thought of, like, why is he waiting? But we also have to take account that he's trying to find a cure, and he's we suspect that he's trying things. Yeah, so he's seen if they so don't work. He has him. to see if it, if it works or not. But it doesn't seem to be. And then we see, like, in. you know, the very uh, powerful imagery of, like, the mass burial... Yeah, where they Science. bring one person out, and it's like a it's a track shot. And it looks like his his helper. There's a Caucasian nurse, and there's also like his go between an ind indigenous uh, like assistant there, and they 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 kind of like track shot. They zoom back, and you see that they're just going to bury this person. And then as they pull back to 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 like a wide shot, you see there's a huge mass grave, yeah, yeah. and there's tons of people in the, there. I would say that you know the thing that falls uh, out of um, the people that the thing that people don't realize about the movie or the thing that people forget about it the kind of the thing that the movie doesn't get credit for because of the gore and a bit of the schlockiness of Italian cinema of that kind that genre cinema is that like there are like beautiful there's like some beautiful cinematography in this yeah, movie yeah. I mean not just like the racking focus is kind of like the technical aspects of stuff that we talked about but just like the shots of that go like low angle shots like going down the street of the town with like the dog in the background and like the crab, the crab <laughs> crossing that's one of my favorite shots of the whole movie because because it's and you a, see like somebody walking in yeah, the distance that's my favorite shot of the movie where the woman is uh she's like delusional and she's dying in, in dr menard's like um uh, pseudo hospital and she's like uh oh. She's like, she's talking about her, she's delirious, she's talking about her husband. She's like, yeah, I, I know you died, but I've seen you walking, you yeah, know, two yeah. nights ago. And then it cuts to like, jump cut, or not jump cut, but just, just a, like the next shot. The next yeah, shot is like this. that scene. Yeah, it, it's like this um, beautifully composed shot of like the camera on the ground with the crab in the foreground running by and in the background, way down the way street. Way down the street. Yeah. There's a lone figure stumbling and then I think maybe a couple minutes later, they cut back to that and they cut to a close-up and it's her dead husband. And yeah, it's like yeah. really unsettling and disturbing. And he's like on his way and it's very, it's very, it always freaks me out even yeah, to this yeah. day, I still think of it. But just like beautiful landscape shots and uh, and then we build to like this. Well, they so they so they meet the Menard. Menard's like, hey, she's going down here. Why yeah. don't you get to my, my, go check out my wife at the same time. Take the, uh, the, 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 the Land Rover or whatever it is, yeah. 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 Get to the to to my my big house because you can hide out there, and I want you to check on my wife because I slapped her as I was leaving, <laughs> and she may be upset at me. We they go to the house, wife is dead. Then this is it. Zombies are everywhere. So this yeah. is where like they're turning zombie. There, it wasn't there a minute ago. They're turning. They they try to get back. They well they walk into uh, very briefly. Well, they walk into the horrific vision of. Uh, imagery of the wife being eaten yeah, by a group of zombies. On the floor. And I love that, like, they walk into the room. Yeah, it's all done in one shot, so it's all really, it's yeah, it's all done, like, in, like, medium close-up. So they walk into the room, they're kind of looking around. Oh, what's going on here? And then when the camera widens to a long shot, that's when they only realize, oh, holy shit, holy shit, <laughs> ten feet in front of us, there's a woman being eaten on the floor <laughs> by a half a dozen people, which we didn't see in the medium shot. Uh, and then they turn around, and then there's... There's zombies there too. It's like they weren't here a minute ago either. Yeah, so they get out, 
uh, they drive and break like the axle. Yeah, they they get crazy because of course no one ever drives calmly in a movie. So they, they they go off the road, they hit a tree, they break the axle. One of the guys like really messes up his leg. Oh yeah, the guy yeah. with the boat. So they they're trying to get back to the to the to the hospital now. They all stop and rest at a. Uh, a cemetery and then <laughs> there's perfect place to yeah why grab, not just take a, I can't, they, take a breather and they're in a cemetery and they realize it's a cemetery of all conquistadores from the um from whoever you know the spaniards who conquered the island and then like clockwork somebody hits the button and they all start coming to life they kill the the the, the beautiful woman who was skinny dipping in the in the boat yeah she they just leave the, her the infamous, like miss uh famous i should say zombie with the worms coming out of which his is eyes. yeah which is the theatrical cover that's where he comes from he's like and it's very cool how he comes up he leans up into shot and yeah, when, yeah. so then they get back to the hospital and about by that point it turns into like a, a rio bravo or something or like a, yeah and becomes like the sea like a siege movie like yeah. at night falls they lock themselves up into like the chapel makeshift like hospital and uh barricade what they can um, and every by that time, the whole island's now dead. Coming after them, yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, there's dead, there's dead people in the that are turning inside the, you know, the hospital. Other, that they're biting turning. other people, and that's why it's a very the gestation. We get a lot of flame, quick. a lot of a lot of yeah. Fire then, then the fire starts to try to burn, and there's a lot of like you know they they have an endless supply of ammo. They're just shooting people, and you know big, nice headshots. And then they get off. They they take, I guess maybe Doctor Menard's boat, which is like a like a big kind of. Like I don't a, know if that's that or they, somebody. I feel like it's my recollection is somebody, like the the guy's like indigenous helper. Oh, it's his boat. Like fixes the boat. There's this talk about like we're gonna fix the boat while you go check. Oh, okay. So the what they get off the island on the boat. This is uh, but we lose we lose the. Not only the the, the skinny dipping scuba scuba diver uh, girlfriend girlfriend yeah we in a, you know in the heartfelt like in the the moment of of uh, emotional moment oh she comes as a zombie yeah they, they, the kills her boyfriend slash husband or whatever well he, he is. she bites him yeah but he can't do it you know he's like oh, oh so I love you Are you <laughs> you still recognize me she bites him and he doesn't die initially they're like okay he's oh. sick. So they bring him onto the so but so Man, the, Menard bites it right yeah Menard dies he he gets killed by you know maybe his helper or the nurse they all get killed everybody dies there's also a flashback scene where, you know we'll just throw out there there's a flashback scene where we find out what happened to the father uh, the father of uh, of Anne the character that's looking for her father it was a friend of um, Menard he won't leave Menard there and but he comes he comes down with the quote unquote disease or whatever and. Uh, Menard can. Uh, Menard has to put him out of his misery, and that's where we see. It's a flashback to the opening scene, which is we see uh, a, a, a body come to life with the white sheet, and then a gunshot, and we hear this voice: "The boat may leave now." Tell the crew. Doop, doop, and, doop, we, yeah. <laughs> and then the music kicks in, and I guess he's saying, "Telling, tell the crew of this guy's boat, shit went down." He, get he's out. not coming yeah, get out of here maybe they're maybe to, I guess to get help he wants someone to know I guess, they never really so say we don't, we, don't, we don't find out because apparently the, that, the, makes crew, the crew the crew dies yeah. they, they become the guy becomes a zombie the crew doesn't make it and um, that's the boat that that at the beginning of the movie in the next scene is found derelict drifting uh, in my other harbor. big question about the zombie uh, shark scene has always been that zombie in the middle of the ocean did he fall off the boat or walk off or did he walk off the yeah. island because that's a that's a that's something that uh um what's his face max brooks brings up in his um 
uh, uh, World War Z, you forget about that. Like, you know, you know, you're a zombie, you can just walk off and come up and whatever the hell. Uh, he uses that device very well. So then at the end of the movie, they, they lock the, 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 the guy who's, who's, uh, who's been bitten. Is, yeah. he, they lock him down below, and, and they're he's, like, you know, he's getting the shivers. And he's, he's, he's clearly going to, he's not fending well. They lock him up because they know, basically. He may turn. Yeah. And then the last of the movie is, let's see what's going on, and the, hey, the Yankees are doing Let's listen to the radio. So they turn the radio on, and then they, they haven't realized that in their absence, uh, the whole world has been is being taken over because since the beginning of the movie that one of the zombies who the cops shot fell off the water and then the cop that got bitten was turning now the the plague has been released to the world and uh down below at the same time conveniently enough that guy turns so you hear him he's yeah, trying to get they, out they see the, the door the door knob from down below into the boat and then Ooh. the last iconic scene shot, shot. is the brooklyn bridge and it's a bunch of zombies walking over the walkway towards New York City from Brooklyn with the cars are still going. Yeah, you know? because they because <laughs> they couldn't get they couldn't close the bridge. But it's just people are still you know, it's New York City. So even zombie people are still going about their business. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's just a city. Welcome to New York, as in Jason Party. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's uh, there's that urban legend kind of the 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 heavy the large zombie from the beginning of the movie, uh, and who's on the boat. Um there's that there's like this story that he goes after they shoot in New York City he goes to CBGB's oh, in, in his, real life in his zombie makeup yes, in real life the actor to go see a show uh, and he walks into CBGB's and nobody even notices he gets that, served that he's, and he's a zombie fine. that yeah. he's dressed up like a zombie and I guess there was actually scenes that they shot which they never they never put in the finished film of him coming out of the water out of like the you know the the uh, on the New York yeah, City, he gets shot. He falls into the water, but they don't shoot him in the head. Yeah, they shoot him in the chest. He falls. So there's they, they shot scenes of him coming out of the water wherever the hell maybe he walks over in Brooklyn. So um, and then that kind of ends it up. And then there's also a cool nod in, in Savini's 1990 remake of Night of Living Dead. Uh, the when when the woman gets to the house, the first person she encounters in the house who's dead. That bald-headed guy who owns the house, who's a zombie now, that's supposed to be an homage to the, this zombie because at the times of any tried to uh, do different homages to different zombies in that movie. Yeah, which is something that I think is carried through to even The Walking Dead, right? Walking yeah. Dead. There's, you see a lot of uh, homages, to a lot of zombies that you've seen before, a lot of zombies from Romero's movies. But I feel like you've even seen, like, I feel like there's even a shot where you see like the worm in the eye zombie from this movie. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it's, it's good. And then, you know, like I always like to say uh, to close this out. It's so weird that, you know, when we were little and you'd look at like go to the video store and you'd see like say Day of the Dead, and Day of the Dead, you know how that was. There's horror and then there's horror. And Day of the Dead was so horrific horror it was like almost an X rating. And you, you would think, oh, I can't even rent that. And even if I'm allowed to rent that, it's going to be so startling. It's going to give me nightmares for, for because of the gore level. And now we have a zombie soap opera that's on television that <laughs> has sad. that level of gore, if not more. Yeah, like so weekly. It's, it's just so weird in 20 years how, or I guess that 20, 30 years how desensitized. Yeah. You know, uh, that you know, you can kids can just be like, I'm going to watch Walking Dead, Mom. Sure, okay. <laughs> All, right, honey, All right, honey, Billy. So, um, so what did you? What's what do you think? What do you give the movie? Oh, I mean, I have to give it <laughs> as many as possible. Five I out mean, of five. Five mega uh, jokes for the mega. Oh, I'm sorry, we're no longer allowed to use yeah, mega jokes. Mega, mega sleepover. Mega colas. caffeine colas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, five out of five, man. I mean, because you take into like the significance of it historically. Uh, 
you know, the outrageousness of it. Um, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like the like the spectacle of it. And then, like, its importance to, like, us yeah. and on, on, like, a personal level. Yeah, I'm the same way. Sleepover Stars, I give it five. It's great on all levels. It's, it, it's not hokey. It holds up well. Hey, it's, it's a, a little great hokey, movie. but in a wonderful way. Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't really hinder it like other movies, like we were saying. Like, you know, it's not like there's a lot of stuff. You know, blocks. you have the, the classic, I mean, we should warn you, you got the classic, like, Italian dubbed yeah, it's MOS. Thing going on. Yeah. Um, so there's like a, it sets a mood. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And as a special treat, we have the DVD commentary if you want to listen to. So that we're, we're including that as well as a, uh, as a little extra feature for you. So I hope you all like that as well. So uh, I guess that does it. So um, check us out. Uh, at, uh, we're at podwits.com. This, you can find our cast at Saturday Sleepovers. SaturdaySleepovers.podwits.com. We are on uh, Twitter, on Facebook. Facebook. We're Twitter uh, at SatSleepovers.com. Uh, Blake and I also do a sidecast, which we we're, we're, we're begging to do. We have to do another one. We have to yeah, it's been carve a out the time. Since we've done one because we, you know, we've been doing we, this when we get together to do our sleepover. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, <laughs> we just get too tired watching the movie. It's, it takes a lot of time to to, 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 to commit to do this thing. Um, but you can find our sidecast at podwitz.com and there's a link uh, yeah, at Saturday over Sleepovers. There we, ta- there's a, we talk a lot about this. A lot of stuff we cover here. Yeah, uh, we yeah. talk a lot about video stores. We talk, there's one about video stores. We talk about Giallo. Italian uh, horror. Italian horror conventions. Uh, zombie kind of in movies. More broader, even though we got pretty broad in the, midst of, in the middle of this baby. You know, We're we just do- dropping some knowledge. That's all. <laughs> Dropping the knowledge on you. a little discussion. Uh, and uh, you can find us there. Please email us, uh, tweet us. Yeah, we're uh, starting to, I see that we're starting to get requests. Yeah, which is great. We're Text us. We're filing through them. We're, we're, yeah, we're actually, we actually have some stuff we think on the proverbial pot that we're going to do that are requests. We're putting them into because we have a lot of videos stacked up over here. Yeah, you should see. Yeah, you should see us. Our parents are pissed. They want us to clean our rooms. VHS uh, extravaganza collection. Um, Blake, where can they find you? Uh, jblakeblues.com Yep, uh, Jay Blake plays the guitar and he, he plays around the, the New York City New York City area. He's got an album out too. You can go check out Cool and patronize him. And uh, yes, you can find us here, there, and everywhere. And please stay tuned because in a, another two weeks we're going to have a brand new movie coming out uh, for you guys to listen. And we hope it's you're liking long, this. It's going to be a long, hot summer. So uh, until next time. Later.